born in the grip of oppression I fought for my liberty I paid with the blood of my people Freedom has never been free Now my door's always open To dreamers and friends But when I'm attacked I protect and defend Because my name is America Hello everyone and welcome. This is Karen Schoen. You're listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Folks, if you live in Florida and have not gone to Tallahassee or have not called your legislators to keep in tune with your issue, shame on you. That is the problem that we are facing. We don't have the warriors that we used to have. And this is becoming a big issue. If we're going to save America, and that's on everybody's mind, there's only one way to do it, and that's to act. And that's what this program is about today. A long time ago, probably about 10, 15 years ago, can't believe it's that been that long already, A group of us picked up the mantle and said, it's going to be our job to educate everyone on Agenda 21 and the globalists and their desire to take over America. And we have been doing that for the last 15 years. We have been working diligently to get people to understand what Agenda 21 really is and how it is a means, it is a mechanism filled with with lies and propaganda that have one goal in mind, and that is to own and control every single aspect of human development. And they are working diligently towards this goal. And they have accomplished a lot more than I would even like to imagine. So knowing about it and doing nothing doesn't mean anything. We have to act. And that's why I asked two very dear friends who were in this fight from the very beginning to explain what's going on in their communities and what they are doing to create action items so that people will be aware of what's going on, understand the truth, and be able to act. Because oversight of our legislators... Remember, this is a republic. We nominate people. We elect people who are to carry our message. I don't care what they think. I'm not interested in that. I want to know if they understand what we think and if they will go to their respective governing bodies and make sure that that message is loud and strong. Well, last week was a perfect example of how that doesn't work because 107 criminals in the Republican Party voted to continue a continuing resolution putting America in more and more debt. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. And that list will be on the show notes. If your legislator is on that list, you had better make sure that you vote them out of office. Because what is going on right now in variety of our governments, federal, state, and local, is an abomination. And it has the design to kill America. 
one of the things that is on my hot button and way on my radar is the amount of land that foreign entities, whether they are a country or whether they are a, um, an individual, doesn't matter. They own America's farmland. They are owning America's resources. Many of them bought it from the government who has no right to sell our property. They're selling our property right out from under us. They have no right to do that. In any event, let's get on with our guests because as always, time is always not on our favor. So I have asked Karen Bracken and Cindy Lucas to join me today. And Karen, we'll start with you, is the founder of Tennessee Against Common Core. We all thought Common Core went away. Boy, were we being fooled. It didn't go away. It just comes back under a new name. And Karen is doing something that I think every state must be involved in, and that is state sovereignty. We have an amendment that says that. No one follows it. Why? Because they have no idea what civics are and what their job should be. Karen, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the show. And I appreciate, as always, what you are doing. So let's start off with a solution. What is state sovereignty and why is it important? Well, uh, we are a sovereign state, an independent sovereign state with the ability and the right and the duty of self-governance. And uh, we've given up that right and that duty to the federal government for many, many, many decades. And it's time that we take that right and that duty back. And that's why I formed Tennessee Citizens for State Sovereignty. Okay, you have formed that with citizens. Are there any legislators involved? Do any of your legislators understand the importance of state sovereignty? Yes, um, we have several. Um, you know, we do have a supermajority in both the House and the Senate. And of course, our governor is a Republican. Uh, it doesn't always mean a whole lot because we know a lot of them are really not true conservative Republicans. But we do have a, a piece of legislation that we hope to get passed. That's why I started this group last spring when this legislation did not get a second in one of the Senate committee hearings. Um, from that moment on, I understood that it was going to take a ton of pressure from Tennesseans to make sure that this law got passed in 2024. So I, I created this group last March um, Representative Bud Halsey is the uh, House sponsor of HB 0726. And what this law does is it creates five different pathways in which to invoke nullification. And basically nullification is just the, the state standing up to the federal government when it steps outside of its constitutional lane and says, no, we will not comply. And, and what a lot of people don't know, of course, our education system fails to teach our children this. So of course we, you know, our children grow up not really understanding the constitution, the rights of the state who created the federal government, the final arbiter of the constitution, what is or is not constitutional 
is the states and the people of the state, not the federal government, and that includes the Supreme Court. So we hope to get this legislation passed. We have a website, and on the website, we have some legislators' names listed that have allowed us to put their name. Not everyone that supports it has allowed us to put their name on the website. You know how that goes. But we do have some that have allowed us to put their name on the website. We have five constitutional lawyers and a consultant from the 10th Amendment Center working with us. We have thousands of members, and we also have partnered, and I think this is very critical. You know, us grassroots people need to partner with each other. You cannot work in a vacuum. So we have partnered with a lot of liberty-loving patriot groups in the state of Tennessee so that when I put out information through Tennessee Citizens for State Sovereignty, they take that information and they share it with their members. And all of those partners are also listed on the website and the number of members that they have. So that shows people not only the subscribers that directly subscribe to Tennessee Citizens for State Sovereignty, but the members of other groups that are supporting what we do. Well, that is very exciting, and that is very, very important. And that's a big problem that we face in Florida. Too many groups are too involved with their own that they don't want to cross over and support another uh, program coming from a different group. How foolish is that? That's mm -hmm. called divide and conquer. And as long as we allow the globalists to do that, we will lose. So we have to come together. And that's very important. Cindy Lucas is in Florida. She's in Martin County. And the growth that we have been experiencing in South Florida, now moving up to Northern and the Panhandle, has been staggering. Now, growth would be a wonderful thing if it was up to the people who decided where the growth should be. But we're finding that that's not true at all, is it, Cindy? No, it's not. It's, um, <clears throat> well, let me give you a little history lesson. Uh, Martin County was always known as the, the non-growth county. It was a joke. Uh, the developers would go past it because knowing that they were not going to be able to develop, get anything done here. Uh, they were very unfriendly to developers. Uh, Maggie Fellow, Janavino's sister, she wrote the comprehensive plan. 95 is way out west on purpose. Um, they put boundaries in. Uh, they had conservation groups. Coming from uh, Jupiter Island, Nat Reed, very wealthy people, buy up a lot. What happened is everything is everywhere. What they should have done is allow those small companies to come in and keep everything, like on the highway, within the urban boundary somewhat in Martin County. But it is out of control. Um, we have the local, the uh, live local, you know, the uh, low-income housing coming about with Ron DeSantis sign. Um, we're we're going to, there's, and we have a four-story limit here. So we know that that they can override that, and the hospital is more than four stories, and they can use that um, as an example and say, well, you know, we want we want to build uh, high rises and towers, and that's what's going to happen here. And it's really, really bad. It's changing the whole demographics of what it is that it's about. The sustainable development agenda twenty one is riddled in the city. They're going to uh, they want to do the train stuff now. 
at the train stop here. They're going to take East Stewart, which is left to the oldest neighborhood, one of the oldest neighborhoods in the county, uh, in the city. And they'll take over that because they've got to justify it and make it um, sustainable. They'll build some housing there. And the people who are there are the uh, mostly African-Americans uh, who've lived here forever. They don't know what's going on. And they're not going to be happy. So that's what they're doing. Neighborhood by neighborhood is changing. And it's becoming a, a county for the rich, not for the middle class. We are facing huge drainage problems because the water has nowhere to go. Uh, resiliency is the new word coming down from Tallahassee. These are in your comprehensive plans. This is uh, regional councils, planners, um, ERAs, community redevelopment. Actually, these people who sit on these boards are builders, developers, lawyers, attorneys, all cronyism that is happening within uh, the county and the city. They all go to the same parties. They all go to the non-for-profits. The non-for-profits get a prize. They go to a meeting, and everybody takes a picture of themselves, and all is good, good, good. Um, we're going to expose it, and we have exposed it, and we will continue to expose it. We've got some candidates now with what billboard space. Uh, we plan on showing what Martin County once was uh, and will not be now. Uh, the slogan used to be when Maggie was alive is Joe Broward Martin. Um, and she was right. Um, she passed away. The developers sued her. She lost her car. Um, and she died a poor woman, to be honest with you. And not that I agree with everything that she you know, was about, but she was spot on when it came to development. So we're really, it's, it's really a mess. And Agenda 21 is at the, um, you know, they may not call it that in the county, but it is in the city. And the county is doing the same thing. And people don't understand because it sounds all good and nice. And we can't connect the dots. People have to start connecting the dots. If you really, the people in South Florida, like in Miami, some people know about it. I would say Palm Beach County, um, people, some people know about it. Nobody's doing anything about it. I keep going on Twitter or any place I can use social media. I keep putting it on Go Local. You can get on Spaces. They have different groups. I'm telling people, if you want to know about the one world government, it's right in your backyard. So people should be going into their towns and looking for these words and seeing if they've signed on to Agenda 21 or they have smart growth or 15-minute cities or resiliency, which is the new word, um, I would say that that's really important. And I do agree with uh, Karen and, and the both parents. Uh, and the one thing I do agree with is that a lot of groups don't want to work with each other, and that's really foolish. Um, we all should be working on one goal. And I will tell you that um, apparently uh, Governor DeSantis was fooled on this, according to Alex Newman. I don't know what he's done about it. He has, certainly hasn't done anything about it since we, he's been in office. And so I don't know where that's going to go. I, you know, I've got mixed feelings about him. Um, I think today was a very interesting comment somebody said. Raheem said that he used the woke uh, because he knew um, that was a, a controversial thing and it would give him more points, and it did. Um, not that he isn't against it, but he, he knew how, what the talking points were. So now he's coming back to Florida, and uh, it's a mess here. It's a big mess. We have overpopulation. We have bad roads. Uh, and taxes are going up. The schools are a mess. Nothing's really changed in the schools. We're still teaching the, the garbage in there because all the same textbooks are there. So what are we doing? Same thing. I would say get involved, find a group, 
get that group to talk to another group, and all of us groups that are in all these counties in Florida should be communicating with one another. And we also want to communicate with outside of Florida, like with Karen. She's doing some good work there. But we seem to um, be split. And I think maybe after Trump gets elected, that may change, because then the focus wouldn't be so much on the presidential election. I think you're absolutely right. And one of the most important things that we should be remembering is that the main goal of the globalists is to get rid of private property. And they do that through a variety of mechanisms by getting the people to believe that they should own nothing and the globalists will be happy. And we see that happening all over. One of the fancy ways of them doing that is through taxation. And it is my belief that they will have taxation so high that people will have to make a decision, do I keep my property or sell it because I can't afford to pay the taxes? Are you experiencing anything like that, Karen, in Tennessee? No. Um, you know, taxes in Tennessee, property taxes are, are fairly low, very low. I mean, in comparison to a lot of other states. And Tennessee is is fiscally pretty responsible. Um, we have a very heavy surplus amount of money at the state level. So I'm not really seeing that. Um, and, and I know we have talked about the um, natural asset companies and the natural capital accounting system that will go in place to support the natural asset companies. And we wrote legislation prior to the um, the SEC withdrawing uh, their application for the NAC to be on the, the New York Stock Exchange. We already have written legislation to stop the NACs from doing business in the state of Tennessee. And uh, even though the SEC withdrew that application, I believe we're still going to move forward with that bill, get it passed, because we know that the NACs will not go away just because their attempt to get on the New York Stock Exchange failed. I couldn't agree more. And that's the other thing that we have to be aware of, because they use words. And when we learn what those words are, they just change the words. Their programs are still the same. Nothing has changed. It just comes up, as uh, Cindy said, instead of it being Agenda 2030 or a 15-minute city, because we have been screaming about what that was all about, and we'll talk about that in a minute, um, because the, they are trying to take our cities and turn them into 15-minute cities. What does that mean? It means that you will be confined to an area uh, with Within a 15 minute walk from your house. And that is where you will get all of your goods and services. And in order for you to leave that area, well, you'll have to get permission. When I see something like that, that my antenna goes up and that says to me, my gosh, that's just like a ghetto. I remember that from when I was a child growing up. So we have these beginning to pop up all over the country. And that comes along with a lot of the federal programs 
that we have to be smart enough to say no. All of this hinges around money. Do you see that happening in Martin County, Cindy? Are they waving the money flag in order to create uh, these 15-minute cities? Um, yeah, I think that's probably a long-time goal. But what I do see is that they are taxing us. Um, everything is going up. The commissioners raised our taxes this year after promising they wouldn't. Um, and people are having to move um, because we live in a very, uh, we want to be like Palm Beach, okay, which is true. I mean, they are coming in here. We've got Ukrainians down the street from where I live building houses for $20 million. I mean, this is, they're going to create a utopia here for the very wealthy, and we will all live in our little boxes in the buildings that they're going to build. And when the developers are done, they'll leave Martin County and they'll go somewhere else. And that's what's happening. And they know what they're doing. And it's and, and people should rise up and be angry about it. But they don't know. They're just like, well, what can I do? Well, you need to go to a meeting. You need to tell them. And, but you know what? We're, we've taken it too, too, it's too far now. But we're, we only can slow it down. And we can get people on the commission now in hope that we can turn it around. And I'll tell you one more thing. Who's, who are on the planning boards and who are on these community redevelopment boards and who sits on the regional council? Are those people who care about the people? No. They are people who are realtors, bankers, developers, builders, electricians. <laughs> they own engineering companies. Those are the people that are sitting on these boards. Now, I think that's special interest, and they should be allowed to sit on those boards. And why do we need to have, to have a community redevelopment board? What's wrong with that community the way it is? Because they want to gentrify all of it. They want to move you in there, build those little boxes. Everybody goes in there, and then they take the land, and they put it into conservation. And that's mm-hmm. what's going to happen. And that then becomes part of the rewilding of America, which is their goal. Remember what uh, Biden said, he is working on a 30-30 plan. And that is that by 2030, 30% of all land will be set aside for conservation. 30% of all America's land will be set aside for conservation. Let that sink in for a minute, because along with that is who owns America's land? If we go and we actually did due diligence like they are supposed to and find out who owns America's land, one of the biggest landholders is communist China. And they own farmland along with Bill Gates. So if they are beginning to tell us that all of these food items are not sustainable and we can't have them, they're going to back it up by not farming on viable farmland that would feed the people. So this is what they do, folks. They take an issue and they create a uh, untenable solution for it and then go and sell it to the people and say, see, there's too many people, there's not enough food. Well, if you're not producing food, there won't be enough food. Well, they're already, they're already going to do that, Karen, because the farmland is becoming so expensive. And people and the farmers cannot afford to stay on their land because of the taxes that are happening. Martin County is a very big rural area. And you should see some of the development. The developments are not for the middle class. These are developments that are being... Um, built for the very wealthy, where they have actually had guest houses, uh, horse stables. These are for the elite. And the little people are still going to live in the boxes. 
That's what's happening. It's getting worse, and the people are not awake. And I'll tell you one other reason. And I'll, the reason, one of the things is that they do is they create a festival town. I call it a festival town. Every weekend, there's a festival. You got to go downtown to get your produce. You got to have a festival for this and a festival for that. Well, that was really, in my mind, when they put together Agenda 21 and ICLE and all of that nonsense, the idea of putting everything into the urban boundary was to get people used to that. So they're entertained all the time. Why? We never did that before. Think about it. Think about all these towns that we have around the country. We never had festivals. Maybe you had like a Christmas parade and other things. Now, every weekend, every weekend, uh, you cannot even go near town because the traffic is just double. And now they've created this so people get used to living there. And people believe it. They'll say, I love living downtown because I can walk everywhere. And the festival is just so good. That's what they believe. Well, this is wonderful. Until, Total control until, of our lives. I, I was just going to say, this is exactly what happens until people decide, oh, I want to go someplace else, and all of a sudden you can't. Uh, we're going to have to take a break in a minute. So, Karen, can you tell everyone what the website is and where they can find you, and we'll come back after the break? Sure. It's tncss.weebly. That's W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com. And we also have a substack, T-N-C-S-S dot substack dot com. Okay. And Cindy, where can people get your fantastic newsletter? Um, they can email me at LuckyCin, L-U-C-K-Y-C-I-N at Comcast dot net. That is the Martin Tea Party Committee at www.912tparty.com. Or you can go to Twitter. And that would be, um, uh, let me think, oh my God. Uh, M, it would be Martin C. C. at Twitter. You can get us there. Okay, folks, don't go away. We'll be right back and we'll be talking about what we can do about this mess that we have allowed ourselves to get into. And when I say we have allowed ourselves to get into, it is our fault. So don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to Karen Schoen. This is the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Go FLCA.org. Get your child involved in a micro school. Get out of those indoctrination clinics masquerading as public schools. It is so important that your children learn to read read, write, and do math. And they are graduating in Florida at a rate you would not believe, and yet they can't read, write, and do math. So please, folks, get involved in a micro school, and you can find your grades for your county in Florida just by looking up on the website. For the rest of the country, you can find the report that was done by the Alliance on all of the pornographic materials that we're finding in our schools. Don't go away. We'll be right back. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. 
crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. A suppression of truth in a world of darkness, void of any soul, requires that we are rightly informed, properly equipped, and strongly motivated to fight the corruption. AmericaOutloud.news is that place to awaken your heart, soul, and mind to the out loud truth. Now is our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. everyone this is karen schoen you're listening to the prism of america's education brought to you on the america out loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor the florida citizens alliance goflca.org please i believe education is of utmost importance of course i was a teacher and the show is all about education but this is a travesty of what's going on in the schools because our schools have just become a propaganda and brainwashing of our children by forcing them from cradle to grave and learning only about sustainable development and sustainable 
sustainable lifestyles. What does that actually mean? Well, sustainability really means control and it really means no growth. And these kids have the bar so low that I think our country is being run by affirmative action graduates. We have no policy, we have no direction, and we have no allowance of free thought. When it is, we're told that that's dis or misinformation. So how on earth, going through an election cycle, can we make sure that we at least get the right people in office who know something? What can we do about it? Karen, you have done a, an amazing job getting your legislators involved. Can you share with everyone some of your solutions? Well, I think as far as our legislators go, you know, we have to understand that, you know, they're just like a lot of the people that we talk to. You know, they they don't know what's going on. Some of them do, but I believe the majority does not. And I and that's where, you know, I come in, I meet with them, I sit down, I show them. I not only I don't talk at them, I talk with them and I show them the proof of what's going on. And and I I went up to our state capitol a couple weeks ago and actually did a two hour presentation to some members of our attorney general's office. I did the same two hour presentation for our comptroller's office. And, you know, I just meet with legislators and, and some of them are receptive. Some of them, when they see the proof, they, you know, their eyes are opened. And then there are some that just, just like the people that we deal with every day, you know, just don't want to don't want to see, don't want to hear, you know, and they, they, they really don't want to stand up and do anything. Um, so again, I look at our legislators, just like I look at our neighbors and our friends, talk to them, educate them. The ones that do see and do understand are the ones you should support. And the ones that turn a blind eye are the ones that you need to make work to get out of, uh, out of office. And it, it's like you said, Karen, if you don't take action, Nothing is going to change. If you sit on the computer and whine and groan and complain, nothing is going to change. Turn off the computer, turn off the TV, get engaged at doing something at some level. And, and that's what we're doing here in Tennessee. Well, I think uh, Tennessee is something that we should all be taking a model from because I absolutely love your nullification program and I'm looking forward to being able to share that. Cindy, I know that you have worked extremely hard to try to get the right people in Martin County and you have developed an incredible program of vetting the candidates and that's where I think we fall down the most. Can you share with everyone what you're doing? Uh, well, we've been doing that probably since the beginning of the Tea Party. Uh, we took the Phyllis Shafley approach, um, who was the first person to um, endorse Trump on a national level. Uh, we invite them in. It's a private setting. We don't put them on a stage. We don't have a main audience. We uh, have a board. It could be eight people. It could be 11 people. But the requirement is you have to come to, uh, every one of those vetting sessions. If you don't come to every one of those vetting sessions with every candidate, you don't get a vote on who we're going to endorse. So we start with that, and we sit them down, and we go through uh, questions, obviously. We ask about the Constitution and all of that, 
and then we get into the nitty-gritty uh, issues that we have in our county or state or federal level, um, all of the above. And then what we do is um, we ask them about issues. One of them would be Agenda 21, education, all of the above, um, the move. And you know, when we started this, they thought we were crazy, you know, the one world government. I can tell you we vetted every single candidate in an election, with the exception of Marco Rubio, would never come in. And we, sorry about that, the car. Um, and we vetted all our House representatives. Um, Scott wouldn't come in either, uh, but we did, we did uh, have Connie Mack, uh, all of the above that ran against. And Ron Santos was vetted many moons ago. So I would say uh, it's a good process. Um, and we ask them to sign. We ask them to, uh, you know, this is what we want to know what you're going to do. And then after all is said and done, what we do then is, is we, we uh, go back to the table and we go around and we listen to, and listen to what they said. Uh, we have notes and we have a tape recorded. And then we vote on who we want to endorse. So it's not one person. It's the group of us. And that's how it's done. And it works very well. And, uh, you know, they they know that we're be reckoned with, they, so they come in. In situations like with Marco Rubio, we chased him probably, I mean, I, I don't know, 19 times I counted. Um, he just wouldn't do it. His handlers wouldn't let him anywhere near it. And that was basically because we were asking him about immigration and some other issues. And this goes all the way back to when he first ran. But, you know, politicians can change their minds. Um, sometimes they just don't know or they're ignorant. And I think this is a, a fabulous time to do it more than ever because if you read the House Freedom Caucus, their notes in August, what they were going to do before the election uh, in 22, what they said was that they wanted to make sure that the people coming into Congress understood that just because you have these grandiose ideas, you're going to go there, you're going to change the world, you're going to change legislation, it doesn't work that way. And so uh, I think it's much better now. Uh, the expectations are are not as high when they get there and they know the battle that they have to fight. So I think it's very important that everybody, and the Republican Party will not do it. Uh, here's what the, the party here does. They have, uh, they ask this question. And yet we had a conservative platform that was written by the Tea Party, which uh, which is another Phyllis Shapley idea. And, um, you know, that you would use the platform to vet the candidate. The party never did a thing with it. So um, the Tea Party basically uh, just left and doesn't sit on the Republican Executive Committee anymore. And on a state level, we don't even have a platform. So what does the Florida Republican stand for? We don't know because we don't have a platform. You are absolutely right, and that is very sad. In addition to that, the Republican Party doesn't support grassroots candidates. So it's going to be up to us in our communities to choose the right people and to make sure that these people get elected. And folks, that means knocking door to door. Every candidate that I spoke to that won their election, I asked them what was the magic that got them elected. They were a grassroots candidate without Republican support. And they all said the same thing. 
We knocked on doors. We went and met the people. We sat in crowds. We went to their clubs. We went to where the people are, not expecting them to come to us. And that's the way to get elected. So it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to understand if you're going to meet the people and they get to know you and they understand what you are about, they'll vote for you. If you're a name and especially an unknown name and you're not supported by anyone, they're not going to vote for you. So this is probably the most important thing that you can uh, share with your candidates that are now popping up and beginning to run through the local and the state elections. If you want to get elected, go out and meet the people. And that doesn't mean if you're a Republican, go to the Republican club. It means if you're a Republican, go to where the Democrats are, go to the local churches, go to the local uh, groups and get yourself known and put your hand out and say, I'm here. What are your problems? How can I help you? And that's what the people want to hear. They want you to know what their problems are and what you will do about it. There are several uh, training programs that you can do, and there are several groups that are training, but you have to be careful as to who's doing the training, because a lot of these groups become very slanted, and all of a sudden you're working for the globalists instead of for the people in your neighborhood. Um, we have to be, I, I remember we were talking before, and I wanted to bring this up as a last item. We were talking before about the importance of stopping the programs before they happen. You're not going to know what they are if you don't go to the meetings. It's harder to stop a program of sustainability, for example, or that roundabout that they want to put in the middle of the street, which will stop the trucks from being able to make deliveries. It's harder to do that after the roundabout is there. You want to stop it before it happens. So in the last couple of minutes, Karen, do you have any uh, advice or parting words for our audience? Okay. Anybody that's interested in finding out more about what we're doing in Tennessee, you can go to TNC, uh, tncss.weebly.com, and there's a contact form there, which will send you know a message to my email but I'd like to go back a minute to what Cindy was talking about, the 15-minute cities and all these utopian uh, plans that they sell to the citizens. And understand the definition of utopia is, um, is an impractical, idealistic scheme for social and political reform. So if you look up the definition of utopia, uh, it is not the rainbow and puppy dogs that they say it is. And understand that all these plans, 15-minute cities and making a park city and all these plans are funded with federal money. That's the carrot. Once they get the money and they implement the programs, along comes the stick. So everything might sound all wonderful and convenient. Oh, everything within the, you know, uh, 15 minutes from your home. And isn't it just so wonderful? It won't be so wonderful when you can't go outside of that 15-minute city. And that is the ultimate plan. So people need to understand that, that the government, whether it be local, state, or federal, 
is not doing anything for the good of the people, believe me. They never have and they never will. Thank you so much, Karen. Cindy, do you have a few parting words and some advice for our audience? Uh, Go to your meetings, your town meetings, your committee meetings, all of that above. Ask questions and let them know that, you know, and go onto the website and dig around. Uh, You will probably find sustainability there, resiliency there, UN Agenda 21 there. You have to look for it, sometimes it's hiding, but I would start there. That's what I would do. Well, thank you both very much. I appreciate your input. And folks, if we're going to save America, it's up to us. Nobody is going to come in and do it for us. And as wonderful as Donald Trump is, he's not going to be able to do it alone. It's Mm -hmm. up to us to manage our communities. It's up to us to manage our towns. It's up to us to manage our cities. If we don't get involved, I will guarantee that we will lose. So it's up to you folks. And that's why I say get five. Share this with five people and ask them to share it with five people and so forth down the line. And if everyone did that, think about how fast the truth would be spread. Well, we just had a wonderful conversation with two incredible ladies who have told you and offered solutions of what you can do in your local community. And folks, that is so important. If we don't take care of what's going on in our local community, then the rest of it really doesn't make any difference. But then moving up the ladder, we also have to think about what's going on in our state and what we can do about the things that are happening in our state house. And one of the things that I learned through the years is that you can't be afraid to talk to your representative. Many times they use you to be able to tell what's going on in the district and they need your input. And because of that, because I feel so strongly about that, Representative Jacques is going to join us. And I, first of all, want to thank you so much, Representative Jacques, for picking up this bill. Um, It is so important that we get our elections right. And one of the things that bothered me was bill number 101.5604. And that bill said that the local districts, the precincts, must use the tabulators to count the votes. And how do you check something if you have to use the same thing again to check it? It made checking impossible. And then, of course, we found out that a lot of the software was old, outdated. So thank you so much. And uh, I really appreciate your joining me today. And Let's talk about that bill and what we the people can do to help you. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. It, it, it truly is an honor to to speak to folks like you who are interested in what we're doing here at the state level. Uh, a lot of people forget that it, it was the states that created the federal government and not the other way around. So there's a lot of things that our constitution empowers the states to be able to do. In fact, the states have retained most of the powers that it has not given to the federal government. And those powers are very much enumerated within our constitution. And so it's time for uh, state leaders to be getting that power back. And that's why I love serving at the state level, because it's a reminder of our constitutional framework and our founding. And, and, I'm, and I'm glad you are highlighting state legislators in your program. Thank you for having me on. And thank you for highlighting this great bill that secures our elections 
by banning foreign-made machines and software and allowing hand counting at the precinct level. Isn't that an amazing thing? That is, uh, we come to find out that there is a lot of foreign influence that goes along with our elections. And most of the people don't understand the procedure. So would you mind, first of all, let's talk about the bill number. We've uh, I want everybody to be able to go to flsenate.gov is if you're looking at something from the Senate and my Florida spelled out house.gov if you're looking up a bill for the House and you can track the bill, track your legislator and find out what's going on. So this is bill number 359 and everybody should be looking that up. What is um, particular about that bill? Where is it now? And what can we help to do to move it along? Sure, absolutely. So again, the, the main two components is, again, ban- banning that foreign-made aspect of our machines and our software and then allowing hand counting. You alluded to this in your opening. Uh, current Florida law mandates that local supervisors of elections have to tabulate votes by using the machine, a machine tabulator. And what my bill simply does, and it actually builds off of something my colleague, Representative Rick Roth, was trying to do last session. He was trying to do it through an amendment, and it didn't get anywhere. But it basically changed that must language to may. So now we're telling our, our local duly elected supervisors of elections that they may use the tabulator or they may hand count. Um, right now, they even if they wanted to hand count, they're not able to. And of course, there are a lot of people who ran models and they've seen certain situations where the hand counting may be the most accurate way. And even if you don't believe that, simply, I think you can allow for a, a duly elected official to choose that format if they believe it's more of an accurate way to count ballots. I, I, and that's my thing. I don't see what is the issue and why would somebody not you know, be willing to give the, the simple choice of counting ballots through this way. Mind you, counting ballots through this way is, is what a lot of countries do. Currently, modern day countries are still counting votes uh, manually by hand, including uh, Argentina, who just had that great election. They counted around... Tw- 25, 30 million ballots by hand. So so certainly we can, you know, have a more controlled pre-seek level account here in Florida. Oh, I, I could not agree more. And think about this, folks. They put the uh, ballots through a machine. Okay, you get a vote. Well, somebody might say, well, let's check it again. And you're going to come up with exactly the same answer because you're using the same equipment. When you are hand counting and using maybe the machine as a backup, you get to see if there is anything that is not proper that may be happening. Or you will get to find out, oh, goodness, isn't that great? They both came up with the same answer. That's the whole idea with being able to do this, is not to use the same machine again over and over because going to come up with the same answer. And that is never a good thing. We want to be able to check. We don't want to replicate what happened in the past. We don't want people to say there was an unfair election. We want to be able to make sure that all of the people know that the election is fair. That's a great point. The, the, The fact of the matter is you want to instill confidence in the elections, right? Without an election that people can have confidence in, 
you really just erode our republic, right? Because people will, will not feel as if they're free citizens anymore if if they feel it's no longer elections, but rather selections or or, or, or just kind of botched at best, uh, just botched sloppiness that based on a machine that maybe not be properly calibrated and, and just susceptible to certain malfunctions. It, it may not be nefarious or it could be. It could be, you know, these machines can be hackable in, in, in some situations, right? Or just malware that can be implanted and so forth. And so why not add an additional measure of security that can give that peace of mind and instill confidence within our elections? I don't see why anybody would would want to hide from that. One of the points of pushback that I get is that, oh, the hand counting will take too long and we're going to be waiting at all odd hours of the night. The law, my bill doesn't allow for that. My bill would still maintain that you have to get in the count at the uh, you know, when, when it's due and, and, and we're not going to be waiting, you know, till, till 3 a.m. or or on Friday, like Pennsylvania was doing back in the 2020 elections and still accepting votes. You'll still comply by Florida law for it to be both accurate and timely. So my point is, if a supervisor of election can get these votes counted by hand in a timely manner, why what would be the difference between that and doing it via the machines? It would still be in on time. And it would instill confidence, I believe, in our elections. Oh, I, and that that to me is the most important thing. If we don't have confidence in our elections, then we have nothing. And, and that is not what should be happening in our country. Um, I also was very curious as to where is the bill today? Is there anything that you need with the people to do to help move this bill along and to get others to know what's going on. So what can we do to help you? Absolutely. Great question. So the bill is filed here in the House. Uh, but as you may know, Karen, it takes two to tango. And what I mean by that, both chambers have to pass it out of their respective chambers for it to then go uh, to the governor's desk. Right now, we do not have a Senate sponsor. And, and what I've been calling on on constituents and, and patriots and folks who just are passionate about election integrity is to reach out to your senators to see if they can uh, uh, put a bill forward or, or if they have an elections bill already in play, if they can conform it to ours as much as possible so then we can um, have a Senate companion. Uh, procedurally, there's a lot of things that have to happen. So there wasn't an identical Senate companion filed by the deadline. But if a senator has filed an elections-related bill, um, through the amendment process, it can potentially line up. And so we're working behind the scenes to try to see if we can get that done. My bill is referenced to to uh, to a, a number of committees. The first committee stop will be the Ethics and Elections Committee. And so it, it will help us tremendously if I could go to the chairman and say, look, we are ready for prime time. The Senate's also got it lined up, and we want to get it heard on our side. Uh, but either way, we're trying to get it heard because this issue is, is way too important uh, to let it go by the wayside because people need to have confidence in their elections. And I'll, and I'll say this, Karen. I mean, Florida's come a long way. We've come a long way. We were the laughing stock in, 20, excuse me, in 2000. Um, and, and just as recent as 2018, we had shenanigans down in South Florida, Broward, and Palm Beach. We had those razor-thin margins. Um and, 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 and those statewide elections. In fact, we uh, a gentleman by the name of Matt Caldwell, on election night, he won. He was a Republican. 
he is a Republican. He won the night of election uh, of the election. And then Broward and, and, and Palm Beach started finding new ballots out of nowhere. Um, and, 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 and then that lead decreased to the point where Nikki Freed had enough votes, more votes than him, and she became our commissioner of agriculture. A lot of people forget that's how she became uh, the commissioner of agriculture during the last term. It, it, it was through a lot of different, um, you know, back and forths of ballots here, ballots there. And we've cracked down on that. We've we've placed a lot of reforms. We've banned the unsupervised uh, drop boxes. We've ended ballot harvesting. We've strengthened voter ID. But it doesn't mean we stop. We can't rest on our laurels. There's always more we can be doing, even though we're doing better than most states. When you look at the Pennsylvanias of the world, the Georgias and the Arizonas, uh, Michigan and so forth, Wisconsin, we want to make sure we're never like those states because we can be secure today and be very vulnerable without even knowing it. And, and then shenanigans happens and then we're left scratching our heads. How did we get here? Well, we got here. We would we, we would have gotten there because we were not vigilant. And my bill is certainly one that is very vigilant and proactive to make sure we are not going back to the days of where our elections were a laughing stock and robbed people of their vote. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. It is a pleasure to be able to speak with you and to know that you're looking out for the people in Florida and to help make our elections secure. Folks, go to the Senate side and look up the Elections Committee. See if any of those senators are in your area. And if they are, call them and tell them that we need a companion for 359, the House bill, and will they help? Uh, this is our job. It's our job to help get these good bills passed. Thank you again, Representative. I really appreciate it. This is Karen Schoen. You have been listening to the Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance, Go FLCA. On the Alliance website, you will find in the legislative section particular bills that are so important for our education, our children. This is our future. And if we don't take care of them, no one else will. Thank you all for listening. And I will see you again next week. Bye.